Welcome to The Craft. I'm your host, Mae Globus. This podcast is a collection of intimate conversations on artistry, mastery, and life with talented, passionately curious creatives and entrepreneurs. Most are dear friends, some are those I've admired from afar. I hope you enjoy these conversations, this exploration of the humanity that connects all of us as much as I do having them. Thank you for being here and for listening. This episode is brought to you by Before, an incredible new self-care brand that just launched their first products, a line of purifying toothpastes. I'm obsessive about my teeth and brush them usually three times a day, so I'm super excited to be using Before. It ticks off many boxes of what a good toothpaste should be. Their custom supermint flavor actually tastes really good, and the consistency is silky, and at the same time, it doesn't leak out of the tube, which is a total pet peeve of mine. It's also non-abrasive, so it doesn't destroy your tooth enamel. All the harmful ingredients have been replaced by clean alternatives, and their custom blend of fluoride and dentist-approved ingredients totally promotes optimal mouth health. Before also deeply cares about our planet. Their tubes are made from 100% recyclable plant-based sugarcane and creates 50% less carbon footprint than traditional toothpaste tubes. As you all can tell from the show, I'm a huge fan of good, purposeful design, and let me tell you, the design and color palette of these are beautiful. The tube stands upright on your counter and makes your bathroom look minimal and chic. Visit their website, before.com, and enter the code CRAFT10, C-R-A-F-T-1-0, to receive 10% off your entire purchase. One-time use per customer. I'm a huge fan of what they stand for. You won't be sorry, and your teeth and the planet will thank you. As a number of you know, I'm also a certified sound therapy practitioner and founder of Oto Healing, a sound therapy studio and practice. Sound has been a healing modality through many cultures for thousands of years. Oto's approach to sound is rooted in both art and science, the art being the history of sound, the science being quantum physics, biology, brainwave states, and more. All listeners of the show get 15% off their first private one-hour session. Visit otohealing.com to book yours now. There's a built-in optimism and passion to Sung Lee that's contagious, and he's well-loved because of it. He was employee number one at Herschel Supply, first as a graphic designer, and over the course of a decade, became the brand's creative director. Now Sung leads creative at premium contemporary dinnerware brand, Fable. He was born in Korea and spent his childhood there. An architect, his father was the definition of a stoic, emotionally closed Asian father. His mother, an art teacher, continuously nurtured his creative side, encouraging him to draw, paint, and go to art school. Their upper-middle-class life ended when the IMF economic crisis hit Korea. And one day, Sung was suddenly told they had to live with an aunt. It turned out his father had borrowed money to keep the business afloat, and the Korean equivalent of the Yakuza had come around to settle, and his father wanted to keep the family safe. Eventually, the family moved to Canada, with Sung applying to an ESL school. He struggled until his mother enrolled him into a Korean art school, where he made some friends, This brought him to Emily Carr, where he learned to present his work in English phonetically. On a trip back to Korea, his father expressed he was sick. His parents returned to Canada, leaving 23-year-old Sung to sell their house in Korea. As he drove home from the airport when back in Canada, his mother told him his father had cancer, and two weeks later, Sung's father passed. To move through grief, Sung took on a physical warehouse job. 
After a few months, his creative spirit came back. He started by launching a fashion show and landed a job at a small design agency that had an office beside Vans, where Lyndon Cormack worked prior to launching Herschel Supply with his brother Jamie. It was an instant meeting of like design minds, leading to a deep bond with the Cormacks and launching his long career as a creative director. In this conversation, we examine the effects of not sharing emotions with his family members, how Sung found skateboarding as a teen and its influence on him, his chapter at art schools, navigating his father's passing, surviving in Canada, and processing his grief, the story of how he landed the job as employee number one at Herschel, where he spent a decade, the roles of a graphic designer versus creative director at a company, his current interest in AI and its impact on design, Korea's cultural dominance, the love for Han, or sorrow amongst Koreans, and much more. Please enjoy this conversation with the eternally cool and wonderful Sung Lee. Sung Lee, welcome to the craft. Thank you. It's, it's amazing. Like, thanks for thanks for like inviting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I have tons of mutual friends. Tons. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Kenta, Courtney, Mikey, Mikey, yeah. all all of the good people, yeah, all the yeah. good people. Um, and they've always said wonderful, really great things about you. So uh, I'm so glad that that we met and and you're yeah, here. All great people. Like um, I actually respect them. Like like sometimes I feel like a friend, but like they feel I feel like a, they're like hero to me in Vancouver. Like I was like uh, like I've been wanting to be like oh, it sounds weird, but like part of them. But now I was like, oh my God, those are those are like true friends. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. Good, good, good yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was so taken by your backstory. So I'm really, really glad that you're in here and you get to share it. And so I'd love to go back to Korea and to learn more about you and your family and your story of coming over here. So, yeah, like, I mean, where do I start? Like, um, I start with my mom and, like, uh, father because they, they have, have actually a pretty interesting story. My father's, father's side of the family is from North Korea. They came down during the war, and then my um, mother's side of the family was actually like my grandpa was a lieutenant during the war, um, so they used to be enemy in <laughs> the family side. But I mean, they met together. My father was a um, architect, and then my mother was an artist, like she was a teacher. And I grew up there. Like every night, um, my mom did a tutoring to um, she was doing tutoring to their kids, to their like you know high school kids. Um, so it was always filled with like art, like surrounded by art. Um, she didn't really teach me, really, but I was like playing around with it. Like, you know, all the equipment was there. And yeah, that's how I grew. And uh, I was like actually pretty good, like doing like study, like I, I'm getting the good grade. So my parents didn't really like worry about me when I was in school. Um, then like, uh, I think it was like a last year of the high school. I was like, "What do I have to study? Like, there's so many like fun and cool thing. Like, I mean, if you know what the Asia is, a stereotypical thing that you have to like study hard to get like you know meet the parents like expectation all this stuff. But I wasn't sure like mathematics is my thing. Like, you know, I wasn't sure like all this study where am I going? Like, I'm not sure what I want. But one thing stick around. I always draw and paint, and I would, like the big thing eye opener for me was like I went to the arcade and then the 3D graphic design came and then I was like oh my god like this is like eye opener so I actually wanted to do graphic design 
back then, I didn't know graphic design was making logo or like only thing was like 3D, 3D, 3D. And third grade, we have to take a test to get into university. So all the like the high school kids had to take a like same test and I completely failed the test. And then my parents basically like, do you want to study here or like do you want to go somewhere else? And um, I'm going to speak more about those kind of like my family style uh, later more. But um, yeah, and then I said like, okay, I want to try. Let's go to, I wasn't even sure like where I'm going. Like, but my father already planned, like he was asking me, but he was already planned two years ago um, going to Korea. I started going to Canada. Mm, yeah, I'd like to go back to that because yeah. you were saying that I'd, I'd actually like to learn more about what your mom was specifically like and then what your dad was specifically like. Yeah, my dad was very interesting. Like he, he's like such a like stereotypical guy. Like I wouldn't say alpha male, but like I was like, he never brought the problem to the family. Like he was like, I'm handling the problem. So family doesn't need to know about it. And um, I have a lot of like, like happiest moment of my life and the saddest moment in life. But like uh, one of the things I remember was like, during the, I think it was in 1997 or six, like um, Korea had, like the whole country had too much depth. Uh, it's, I, I remember. So like all these, uh, the economy was like collapsing crazily. And my father used to have a business and then it was actually doing really well. Like I was like, I was like a rich kid um, at that point. We had a like driver um, and then I was like, oh my God, like, I didn't know he was rich, but like now I'm thinking back then, it was like super rich family. His business collapsed because of the IMF. Um, he, he wasn't like the huge business, but still like um, the, the huge like company like a Samsung, like suffering, like they're submitting the work to somebody and then that um, there's somebody falling off, falling off, falling off. It's a domino effect. So my father um, was struggling with his business one day I went to the school. I didn't know any about this one, to be honest, because my father barely shared about this kind of information. I went to the school and um, he, my mom, after school, my mom told me like, we have to go uh, live with the aunt for a bit. And then I was like, what's going on? And I was like, yeah, it's like, you know, it's a couple of days, like it's not gonna be a problem. Uh, I realized later because like my father borrowed the money to pay like the, the employee before the uh, company get collapsed. And then like the, the people like a Yakuza coming to house to collect the money. So my father want our family to be safe. Um, that's why we have to stay at the end house. Um, after a couple months or like one month, um, my father came to the school. I was in the, I was in the class. And then my father was talking to um, the teacher and the teacher was like, hey, like your father is outside, just go outside. And then my father is like, yeah, let's go to see the beach. So I was like, I was like kids. I was like, yeah, like skipping the school, the best. And and then I realized, oh my God, there was so much problem <laughs> happening with the family. Um, so yeah, my father, like if there's a problem, he'd never share with the family. Uh, but he planned everything behind by himself. My mother is like very, she's a strong woman. I, I, I always remember as like, she's a strong woman. She's like, you deal with the outside, I'm dealing with the inside. Um, and then she's been there always. I don't remember any time I go to her home and there's no my, uh, there's no moms. So it's like, she was always there for us. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she really nurtured your artistic side. Didn't, didn't she? She, um, 
often told you like, oh yeah, you know, go to art school and and things yeah, like that. Yeah, she she is is very interesting. When the the re- another reason that like the, the reason we came to the Canada, one reason is my father uh, was really struggling with the like you know like after IMF, like she was like he was like oh my god, Korea is too hard to lift. Like um you like you have to like call this competition all this stuff like it's very hard to lift. Um, the threatened by North Korea had, like happened often that time. So he was like thinking about moving. My mom's side is like she knew I wanted to do art like or design like creative work. All her friends uh, was true artists like who's like not making enough money like living in the countryside like you know like um, financially like not doing great. So she wanted me to do what I wanted to do, but at the same time she's like. If you want to actually be serious about the art, like why don't you try outside of the Korea? And of course, she was the biggest teacher I ever had in my life. Like I remember, came to Canada, um, and I was like, of course, like it's not easy, like moving here, like you have no friends, uh, like only family you have is uh, your mom and um, my mom and brother. My actually dad was in Korea, because he has to work, and then like send the money to us. Like on the weekend, it was like kind of awful because like I have no friends to hang, and she's like, "Son, come here." And then like she took me to Coquitlam River with the with the sketchbook and pen, and then was like, "Hey, like draw whatever you want to draw, and come back at 6 p.m." Hmm. And I was like, "Okay, okay, like I like it, I like it." And then I drew like, and then she she never taught me. That's a funny thing. Like she's like, "You draw whatever you wanted to draw, and there's no correct way or wrong way to do it." Mm, yeah, that's really beautiful. Yeah. It seems it seems very atypical of an Asian parent. Yeah, <laughs> in I, I a grew, way, yeah, very traditional Asian parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you were like as a kid and a teenager. Oh, I was when I was a teenager. I was like always interested in the culture for sure. Um, one funny story, like uh, we had a guy like in our apartment, like high rise apartment. We have a guy. It's like a, he's an American, and then his father uh, was like doing the military service at the U.S. Army in Korea. That's why he's staying in Korea. And then this guy was t- tutoring us English, like m- my brother and I. Like we learned the English from this guy, and then he took us to um, the U.S. military uh, base. And there's like U.S. military base in Korea. And then you can only go there with the invitation. So I could get in. Like I was like 14, 15. And I was like, oh my God, this is like completely do, like different world. Like it's like, it's, it's US here in Korea. Like there's a McDonald looks different. Uh, Burger King looks different here. Like you have like magazine shop. It's completely different products here. I got interested in skateboarding. Mm. first one in the school like I was the first one who had a skateboard and a skateboard magazine which was a big thing and I, I don't know ever since then or something like I'm like so interesting in the music and culture and of course video game is a big huge part of my life so yeah when I was kids like of course study was one thing as an Asian kid but like art and culture all this stuff was surrounded by me like I didn't really think deeply like I don't tell anyone they're like I'm into the culture like but like always like skateboard skateboarding um yeah video gaming mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and then tell me about your transition to Canada so I came to Canada and uh because I because to get a visa because, like, 
I came to Canada was like after 20 years old um, that I have to go to military service. It's a mandatory. The only way I can be here was the um, get a like long haul visa, meaning that like I have to be in the school. Like we have to like prepay the school for one year. Uh, most of it, it wasn't like college or like um, university. It was like an English, uh, what is it called? Like ESL uh, school. And most of people spend there for three months and then move to another English school because for them it's like they don't meant to, a lot of people in there is not meant to immigrate. Like they came just for the English, uh, studying English and they're like coming back uh, to their country. So I pay for one school for one year and I was so happy. I was like so exciting, like new, like, you know, like meeting like different countries, friends, like, you know, it was so fun for three months. After three months, they leave to another, or like they come back to their country. So after six months, I was like, oh my God, I have no friends. <laughs> and then I'm stuck in the same school. I'm kind of like, life's not changing. Like what's going on? And I was like, really, really, really had a hard time that realizing that I'm not belong anywhere. So it doesn't make me feel like I belong to this school or like organizations or like I belong to this group. Because all my group was gone, like back right. to the back to the very country. transient. Yeah, mm. and my mom is like, okay, like I gotta do something for this guy, <laughs> and she sent me to the arts um, academy. Like so, before I get into Emily Carr, like this academy, like helping you building the portfolio, and then I get to meet a lot of like Korean immigrant people in there. Oh no so way! Friends, yeah. and then the best part was like, I was really down. I was like really depressed of my life and then now i can go to the art studio and express myself to the art arts mm. I, I actually like after um chatting with you i look back like oh what's my life look like and then i went to the, the garage and then like see the old painting i did oh my god i was so depressed like like i was like what did it look like a lot of blood a lot of like <laughs> a lot of like has down portrayed like um dark using really really dark color um I was like, oh, I was psycho back then. <laughs> or you were expressing. But I was expressing. Your like, feelings. I was like happy. Like, in fact, I was like the happiest at the point. Like, I was like, I go there like morning. Like, actually, like the the owner of the academy gave me the key because I was the first one going there always. Like, and then I closed the door to at night. Um, I was really happy that expressing myself there and meeting friends too. Then I went to the Emily Carr. I was like, my heart is like beeping. Like, oh my god, finally, I'm in the group. Like, I'm in the like, you know, I'm, you know, like the the foundation. So everything is cool. Like, art school foundation is like, you act like you're artist. <laughs> like, so I was like, so like, kind of snobby. Um, then I realized, oh my god, English. <laughs> now it's the truth. Like, now it's like, I gotta make like all these friends. Like, and then I have to present my work in English. Um, so it's like brand new challenge came down and then i was like um practicing it like because mm. i don't want to look idiots like when i present my work um also like i want to belong to their culture so i want to be true be part of them which i have to fake myself a lot mm. unfortunately mm-hmm. um not unfortunately like it's just what you needed to do yeah, at the time yeah i feel like i have to fake myself like every presentation at night, uh, before the presentation day, I have to like write everything, memorize everything, and then say exactly what I need to say. So phonetically, you were yeah. memorizing things. Yeah. Mm. And then I sounds like a robot. 
probably like <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm not recorded, but like if I listen again, like it probably sounds like a robot. Um, yeah, that happened. And so when you first came to Canada, it was your brother and your mother. Yeah. But your father was still in My, Korea still. Yeah. But he eventually did come over. He did came over. So like. After my foundation, my brother got into the university, um, and then we were like celebrating. We were like, "Oh my god!" Like my brother, my parents were so proud of it. Like they're like, "Yeah, done." Like, like now we can decide either a whole family moving over to Canada or like my mom go back to Korea and then we just stay here. And my father was like, "You know what? Like let's just move." Like I think he was just like getting sick and tired of like what's happening around him. And then let's just move over, start new, like at Canada. I was like, like very exciting because like we prefer our family to be here, uh, my brother and I. Uh, so he came down here, and then we're gonna go back to Korea one more time to um, sell the house, like everything clear off from the Korea. At the airport, um, at the airplane, my father expressed like he's sick. But yeah, uh, my mother told me like he never ever expressed his being sick. Like he was like. I think he was a kind of like beefy guy, like <laughs> um, big, big dude. Um, but yeah, he he said he's sick. So right after we landed, uh, my brother and I went to the home in Korea, and my mom and uh, my father went to the hospital. They came back, and then they're like, "Ah, oh, it's okay. Like you know, nothing, not a big deal." Okay, my father's style. Don't share the information when it's negative, neg negative things. And my brother and I had a fun. Like we are like, yeah, we went to the school. Life is good. And then like all all our friends were coming in Korea, so like we are drinking and like having a time. After a couple of days, like my father, my mother was like, hey, we're gonna go back to Korea, uh, Canada. And I was like, why? Like you just got came. And then they're like, oh, we like we gotta go. We gotta go. Didn't really explain why. And he asked me to like, okay, like you stay here. Uh, by yourself and then s uh, sell the house and sell all the furniture like sell all tv like everything and i was like well i was i'm like 23 like selling house 23 <laughs> like i don't know i felt like i was like too young for that but they're like we can do it, do it. and then they left and um i cleared off everything in korea and came back uh, and from like from the airport driving back to the home my mom told me uh, my father had cancer and two weeks after he passed away, yeah. Mm. So it's, it happened super fast. So, yeah, it was a very dramatic moment for me. And I was I wasn't ready for sure. Um, I mean, we can be ready for the situation, but, uh, yeah. And the first thing pop up was of course like sadness, like like deep deep sadness. S but more than sadness, we are panic, like a whole family panic, that. How do we survive here? Should we go back to Korea? Like start new there? So it's an awkward moment. Like it's kind of hard to start everything new in there as well, because we already had, we already transition, transit, uh, transi we have a transition of the like moving life to Canada. Um, so yeah, the the fear was a uh, another big chunk of the emotion we are getting in. Mm. Yeah. Did you ever wish that you had known sooner? Oh, of course, like, I mean, yeah, I, I wish a lot of things, but like, <laughs> mm. at that point, like, what's matter? Like, what, like, it, it happened. So that is the, yeah, my father told me the last, last thing he told me at the, at the emergency room before he, uh, 
get unconscious. Um, he was like, you're strong. I'm not going anywhere. That actually stuck my heart. And then I was like, yeah, I was like, blame everything, right? Like blame God, like blame what happened, like why move here? Like it happened because we move here, like blame myself. Um, I was starting to find the people who, who I can hate. Mm. But in the end, like it happened, like, What's going on? Like, if, if it didn't happen, it would be amazing, but it happened. So there's no going back. Uh, move on was, mm. a, was the mindset. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And how have you, I mean, I, I yeah, I understand that, you know, yeah. in, in the moment uh, and at that time, like, I just must move on. Like, there are other things that you needed to figure out. Like, yeah. were you going to stay in Canada? Were you going to go back? And, and that's, that's daunting in itself, too. Um, how have you processed all of that? Um, now with who you are now looking back then so yeah a lot of interesting things happened of course like one thing I mentioned was our family is not good at sharing the emotions <laughs> because we're not really sharing the problems so what happened was like after my father passed away for, for probably like six months my brother and my mom starting to not talk to each other because ever since like once we open the mouth we're gonna cry so we don't want to show each other cry like we don't want to like share the negativities in the house we just close the door whenever you go home like close the door um and then i was like holding it holding it holding it and the only time i express it like i'm driving and then i park the car and just crying as much as possible before going home and then um just like yelling crying like and then like go to home and then open the door and then i like, close the door again Mm. it wasn't really healthy because like it's not really solving anything and then my mom also freaking out how to make money and then I was like I'm gonna drop the school like I'm like I need to like clear off something inside my head and heart so I need some physical work so I need like place that I can like move my body um, and then get tired as much as possible so I don't have to think so I work at the warehouse um, the importing and ex exporting warehouse so worked there for summer uh, every summer actually and um, loading and unloading the product from the, the container box did you find that that was helpful for you like once you were in it yes. was it helpful for oh yes healing yes because there's no time for thinking which is not i mean you, you still think like you're like unloading unloading like you're still thinking like your head is like fuzzy but at the same time you're so tired after go back home i was like <laughs> sleeping <laughs> Um, so it did help, and then like it actually like calmed me down a little bit, and then I realized what am I doing? Okay, like, <laughs> mm -hmm. like, I, like we gave up a lot of things to came to Canada. I had a dream, um, but what am I doing here? Like, not that I'm saying that is the that is not the best job. Like, it actually had a really fun with that that job at the warehouse. I need to move on to chase my dream again, and randomly randomly i start the fashion show because like again like, i was looking at the two things i need friends like friends who can not just like drinking and party together but also like doing something together like the partner like you know like so someone can motivate me also i like, can motivate somebody so i need a team like creative team and then what you can do with the, this creative team so i was thinking um and then randomly thinking about the fashion show because it, we can express the like motion graphic in the background and the, like music is there and the, like the clothing is there. It's not really like I didn't really care about the like clothing at the point. Like what I care was like 
something that we can be like whole team can be proud of it and there's a lot of elements in one show like art installation uh, we can do the art show um, side of it like so there's a lot of things we can do uh, me and my friends starting to like post the poster um, randomly like back then there's no Facebook or anything so <laughs> we just like make the poster and then like uh, um, like looking for teams put that in the school so I got 40 people like who wants to do it and random like just like all random people and then we did it the first fashion show now looking back it's a doesn't look that great. <laughs> was <laughs> like, it like street style? It was like nightclub style. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I just rent a nightclub. I don't, I didn't really go to the club that much. So I was like going to the guest town. I think it was a club called Rain right now. I don't know. I forgot what it called right now, uh, back then. But uh, went there, went to the basement. And then there's like five big guys. I was like, hey, like what do you want? And then I was like, I want to do events in here. And then they were so nice and polite and like so like supportive. Um, I was scared. I was like tiny Asian. I was like, hey, I need to rent this space. And then they're like, yup, yup, how much? Like, <laughs> like uh, yeah, like uh, it was it was fun show. It was really, really fun show. And it shows the young creatives energies. Mm. It definitely shows like the energy we had. We wanted to do the second show. It got bigger. We properly rent the venue and then like did a little bit more professionally. What was the show called? Uh, the organization name called Rhythm, Visual Rhythm. and Sound. Oh, yeah. Okay. Visual and Sound. It's a non-profit organization we registered. And the first show called Spectrum. And then second show called um, Second Echo. Hmm. Yeah. So you were trying to tr you were trying to create culture and community for yourself in the city. Yeah. And then I didn't mean to make it this one is like business or like, you know, keep going on. Like once, once I'm like graduating school, I want to pass to somebody so someone can like keep doing it. Um, didn't really happen. Um, but funny thing is like, a, I think it's a Bangkok Fashion Week guy approached to us and then like they wants to like have our organizations and like have under their organizations. So I was like, oh my God, this is a good sign, but like, I don't want to because I don't want this to be like, business related i want this to be like hey, if you want to do it we are doing mm, if, mm -hmm. if you have no time not doing it so no pressure it's just like fun to do there was a goal um this show gave me a lot of it changed me a lot because like i now i got like you know confident back in uh now i like hungry for like being creative like now i hungry for like be back at the, back at the school um do better job at, and be better in my life so I went back to the school um, and put everything I can do. Like I was like staying at the school late as possible um, and then graduated like really, really well. I got a lot of like awards, like uh, Salaj Awards, like Applied Arts, and then um, actually got an award from school too. So it was good graduations and I got snobby again. Mm, what so do you mean by you got snobby again? I was like, I'm going to get, I'm going to get it higher everywhere. Like, I'm going to go, new, like, I was, like, looking at all these, like, giant agency. I was, like, I'm going to go there and then get my job. Like, you know, my life is good. Guess what? Like, economy dropped, like, <laughs> like 2008. No one's getting a job. Like, you know, like, everybody's suffering. And then I was, like, okay. So back again. Like, up and down, up and down. So down again. And um, I was, like, printing my portfolio and then, like, <laughs> burned the CD of my all my work. And then, like, starting to go every agency and they're like giving my portfolio um 
and one agency approached me, which is called Burst Creative Group. Jeff Pinder. Yeah, Jeff Pinder. Um, he approached me, and then I was like, "Cool, like, yeah, yeah, I love to like my actually one of my dreams was working at the guest town. As a foreigner, like the guest town is the coolest. Like, I was like, I one day I real I back in the day I went to the guest town and I look at this. I forgot. I actually forgot. I wish I you know the interior design company was there. It was way back in the day. They don't they don't have that anymore. Mm. Um, I was like, I wish I can work at the guest town. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Like you the, made it happen. Yeah, Jeff like <laughs> came to me and then like, hey, let's do it. And I was like, so 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 proud of it. Uh, even though like uh, it was junior job, so like I didn't really get paid that much. Uh, also, it's hourly get paid. So when there's no work, like I have to stay home. So very insecure. Even so, I was like, Jeff, you don't need to pay me. I'm just gonna stay late. Like don't count. Like don't you don't have to pay me. Like overworking. I was like so passionate about like what I'm doing. After a couple of years, I was like, it's not really like I feel like a, I need to move on because like this insecurity, I'm keep getting it. Like it's not good. And then funny thing is like in same building next to our office, there's a the vans, um, the wholesale office. The van sales rep was there, named Lyndon Kolmak, and I sometimes met him on the um, hallway. Of course, like I love art and culture, so I'm wearing a certain brand and then Lyndon is like cool like yeah yeah you, you like cool stuff and then I was like yeah I love it and then like when Lyndon doing the van sample sale like he invited me and then I was like oh my god like you know that movie um uh, Dogtown with Z-Boys oh yes and yeah then, for me like Lyndon was like a his leisure in, in <laughs> the movie it was a like god of this culture so I was like oh my god this is so cool like I buy the shoes from you and um one day Lyndon is like Hey, by the way, like, um, do you want, I'm making this backpack brand uh, named Hotshare, and then it seems like you like the bag uh, because I was wearing like certain brand at the time. Like, it seems like you like the brand, uh, you like the the, the backpack. Um, do you want to work on these small jobs? And I was like, yeah. Like, I mean, like it looks so cool because uh, at that time, Burst was a little bit struggling to getting the client. Like, a because of the economy. Um, so we are getting a lot of like kind of like not fun clients. So Lyndon's project was the coolest thing. I was like, oh my God, like I'll do it. Like, Yeah, you could like flex your creative muscle. Yeah, it wasn't that creative. It was a web banner. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was a web banner. And then the image was there, text was there. So what I just need to do is just Photoshopping, which takes like five minutes. Um, gave it to him and he, he liked it. And he was like, oh, do you want it to do a catalog? If you're asking old school graphic designer, Karok was the best thing they can do. It's the most fun thing you can do. It's, um, What's fun about it? It's like an editorial. Like you do the layouts, you do um, like multiple pages, like you're working with like beautiful images, not the crappy images. Um, so it's the most fun thing about it. I think at that time, Tyler Tyler did like, I know Tyler did a podcast. Yes, Tyler Quarles, yeah, Tyler Quarles and Lyndon and Jamie. Yeah. He did the first catalog, and then I think he was busy to do second catalog. So Lyndon was asking me to do the jobs. And I was like, I did it. I, I think it was, he asked me during actually holiday. So I was like, I have to come during the holiday. I, don't, I didn't care. It was the coolest thing ever. Did it. Um, he liked it. Um, I was so proud of it. And, and then Lyndon was like, I was already like thinking about moving on to the next jobs. So I was like thinking about like quitting the first. And then Lyndon was like, if you're kidding, why don't you come to Hoshare? And I was like, 
Yeah, it's the same building. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how it's going to work. But <laughs> Employee number one. <laughs> yeah, I just went there.、Um, yeah, it was like really, really early beginning stage.、Um, my life didn't really get changed because I went to, like, I quit the post. Next day, I went to the same building, same floor. Next room, working at the Linda's office. <laughs> You're still, like, you have your mask on. <laughs> still say hi to Jeff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From there, I don't know how 10 years flew by, literally. Like, Hoshel Day One was like extremely fun. Like,、um, yeah, like I didn't, like, sometimes I joke to my friends, I, don't, I didn't really feel like I worked there. I had so much fun there.、Mm. Like, it wasn't really working. To be honest, like, first、yeah, five years was like, It's rare to have that feeling、oh、for God, such was, a long time. I'm so lucky and really, really appreciate that opportunity that、um, I wasn't like, I didn't have enough experience. I didn't have enough knowledge to do that job. But company was young. They're willing to try anything.、Uh, there's no borderline, there's no boundary of like doing something. So I was, sometimes I was doing like, I'm helping the salespeople, like putting the sales order in the Excel file. Mm. Um, sometimes I'm like、uh, moving the box inside、yeah. the office. Like, Jack of all trades. Oh my God, it was so fun.、Mm. The most fun part is like, we don't know what we are doing sometimes. And then we're not afraid of it. Like, we're like figuring things out. Like, one, I remember one day, I'm, I love, I keep saying like working late because I actually work, I actually love working late because like no one bothers me. I can focus. Working late, Jamie was working late. Jamie's like calling me in from his office, like just two p e r s o n in the office. And then he was like, Song, look at this product, like, which was a packable jacket. And I was like, We can make it with the bags, right? And then I was like, Yeah, let's try. And then like, we just like, started to draw. And then I just like,、um, make that in the like, graphic design way. And then like, making a spec file, pass back to Jamie. Like that, two hours, we made a packable backpack.、Mm. And then that becomes like, Very popular selling. Like, Hoshel used to have, I don't know, they still have like、um, the bird prints. It's a beautiful watercolor bird、um, illustration got into the, the, the backpack.、Um, it, it, it got really famous and popular back then, the prints. How we get made it was again working late. Jamie was like, it, 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 Jamie was like oh, some watercolor print might be really, really cool. What about the birds? And then, like, we're starting to make a conversation. And then, what about the birds? And what about the Vancouver birds? And then I started to draw. And then, what about this type of illustration? I was like, yeah, sick. Like, let's try. And then I drew carefully, like, after that, went my mom. And then, like, I know you can paint fast, especially the watercolor. Can you paint? He, she paint. Next day, I was like, Jamie, ta da. Very cool. And then we scanned it and then we made a print. So, wow. Yeah. I have a question about. So, you went from being a graphic designer、um, to now you've been a creative director at Herschel and now creative director at Fable. What's that, what is that leap from just being, from being a graphic designer to being a creative director? Like, what skill set have you, did you learn between the two so that you could elevate to that place?、Um, of course, I often explain this one that, like, I don't know what creative director does. Like, I'm joking about it, but at the same time, every business has a different role of the creative director. Like, if you're working at the agency, creative director role is slightly different than being in an in house. I found myself, I have a strength in in house. Graphic designers' main goal is like, a, like we call it like solving the problem. 
And then creative director sometimes creating the problem. <laughs> 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 but also creative director, in my opinion, th- that's my definition of the creative director. It's like a half of the brain thinking about the being creative, like making things like, you know, amazing and beautiful, like um, so eye-catching, like, you know, the creative mindset, half of it is actually business related. Because like if this creative cool stuff that I'm creating, if it doesn't convert anything, if it doesn't really help this business moving forward, it means nothing. Mm. I just realized that reality, like by experience, it's like, how do we, like, when I was a hostel, like, how do we celebrate it? Like, do we celebrate it with this beautiful photo or do we celebrate it with this beautiful photo? We do this, we change people's mindset and then we convert the money. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, if we are having this campaign, beautiful campaign, but it doesn't really help anything for this business, it's just cool, then it's creative director's fault, in my opinion, that didn't utilize this like talent and resource and asset properly. Mm. Or like it's start from the wrong, like it's start from the, uh, uh, it's a wrong approach from the start, yeah. So what's your, when you're thinking about you and how you approach um, a project, What's your what's your process for starting to think about it and then your subsequent output? Uh, first of all, like when you asking people to hey let's be creative, it goes it can go everywhere. Um, analyzing the what what we're trying to do, like what is the end goal? Like I don't need to know what the end piece look like, but like what I what are we trying to do? Like the 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 being like. Define the objectives is the first. And then, which sounds really bad, but like I love to work with the young creative and then let them do their stuff. Instead of like me telling them like, eh, 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 and it has to be this way. Um, I want them to figure out if they go completely wrong, like which is, I know that from the experience, like I know you wanted to uh, express your idea, but like don't go here, don't go here. Just like telling them, just like bring it back. Hey, like your idea is great, but like you are aiming for left, which while you actually have to aiming for like right. So mm. just like coaching, not not even coaching them, just like making sure they're not go, they're not going off track. Yeah, you're guiding them. Yeah, guiding them. And I guess it's it's similar to how you were gr- given such great freedom in your artistic work by your mom, and then also when you um, were joining Herschel, it was just like this openness to allowing, you know, what was going to come up, which is always a nice feeling for any creative person. Yeah, and then, I don't know, I have a lot of, maybe, maybe have too much empathy as as my role, but like, I love when they come up with something and then they're being proud of it. That moment is like, it's more happier than like me creating something beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like seeing them smile, seeing them like being proud of it is actually more valuable than me being proud. I'm getting old. Like I don't need that. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Where does that come from for me, for uh, for you? Like feeling good about seeing other people be proud of their work. Because I was one of them. Because I know the feeling. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I was a graphic designer. I was a junior graphic designer. I was hungry for it. I was hungry for the jobs. I know how you how how the good project make you feel. Um, that doesn't mean like I'm like sorry. I don't, 
that doesn't mean like it's like I'm, they're getting a promotion or like they're getting a raise or anything. It's just like the job satisfaction is a big, huge part of the life, in my opinion. Mm. I mean, in, in the end, like that performance is going to reflect to their um, career growth and build. But first thing, it shouldn't be about the money and position. It should be about the job satisfaction and then the rest of it will follow. And about that passion, because I can tell that you're such a passionate person about what you what you do and and what you see, and that brings that vitality. I feel like to one's work. Yeah, like um, I think passion is really really important. Like, I, because otherwise you can't keep going in like it, it, in this like creative industry. Like, if you don't keep researching, if you don't keep like having an interest in what you're doing, like it's gonna be like you move really fast. What's interesting you right now in the world? Uh, AI. Tell me more about like, it. I was like searching a lot these days. <laughs> I don't know how to properly use it. I'm getting old. But like <laughs> I found this app yesterday that you scan things and then like within five minutes you're getting like AR portion of it. Um, I'm scared of it. The AI, to be honest, like to be 100% honest with you, I'm scared of it that this, they're going to steal some of like people's job. But at the same time, if you use properly, this, I'm starting to see like there's people using properly and they're like actually making significantly like different uh, process mm. of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, can you give an example of what you've been seeing that's been successful? Uh, there's like people like there's a I forgot the Instagram accounts, but like um, this guy making the AI images using uh, using certain tools. I forgot the name of the tools, but like keep generating like sixty looks like um, Wes Anderson inspired images. So mm. they're like Superman, 60s um, Wes, Indus, Wes Anderson style, and then p- creating these images, and then like, making a series of it. I know it's not his art, but just seeing it was like, that actually inspired me. That image actually inspired me. So not that I'm saying like, I consider him as an artist or like, you know, visual person, but like, he's the person who's providing the inspiration. Hmm. So I was like, interesting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of Wes Anderson, he has a new movie coming out. Oh, can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> Asteroid City. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen yeah. the trailer? I see, I've seen the trailer. Oh, yeah. It looks yeah. really, really good. Actually, there is the only YouTube ad recently I didn't skip. Oh, right. <laughs> like, it was a, I think it was over one, one minute ad. Yeah. And I was like, watching the whole time. You're like, I'm in this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to know about your transition from. Herschel to where you're at now, Fable. Um, and what prompted you to make that that change? Uh, many reasons. I can't really point out the one reason. One reason, uh, first of all, like, I got burnt out. I'm getting the sign of getting burnt out. Um, I always consider the people is like a candle. Um, they're like, my energy like slowly got burning out. And I was too excited, like, I, as I say, like, I didn't really feel like I'm working there um, because I had uh, so much fun, but that actually takes energies. So, burnt the energies, and then in the end, like, when companies getting bigger and bigger and bigger and then becomes more corporate, I have to use a lot of energy for dealing with the people. And I was like, I understand that at my positions, I have to do that, that's my job, but at the same time, I was like, questioning myself again. So I was unhappy at a certain point. They're like, what do I actually want to do? And then at that time, I had a daughter. And I realized that because I'm using all my energy at the work, I'm not really using my energy at the uh, home with the, with the family. 
maybe I'm not strong enough. Uh, maybe I, uh, someone need to coach me how to like balance the work life. Um, but I can't really shift it because like I was putting hundred percent to the hotel, and then it was hard for me to shift it. Like I only gonna give fifty percent to hotel and fifty percent to my family. So there was one reason. Second reason was like, okay, I have my daughter. Technically, if I want to stay at the hotel, I can stay forever. Like, because I'm, I was an OG person. Everybody knew me. If I don't work work one day, no one's gonna notice. But they notice me. <laughs> mm. So I was like safe too. It's very con- controversial because I was like getting burnt out, but also like I'm very safe, very secured, safe. Um, no one's gonna hate me for anything. So I was like having a midlife crisis. Again, like, is it okay for me? Like, should I move on? Like, should I like do something crazy? Bef- maybe it's a, my last time I can try something crazy. Because like, from now on, my whole goal is like raising my kid. So there's will be no room for me. So maybe this decision is hundred percent for me being selfish of it. So I moved to. I wasn't really looking like I wasn't really like looking for interior design work. To be honest. I was looking for new company, like that not, that company is not doing things traditionally. Because like I always like the new things. Like I keep hearing like uh, there's a company like who's like hundred percent work from home. Like there's a company doing this kind of HR, the new things. Like this company utilizing this tool, the new tools to communicate. So I was looking for more innovative company. In fact, I was looking at the food industry in the beginning. I was like interviewing um, Sabon Sabon Food, which was the funniest interview. <laughs> um, they're very traditional. Mm. And then I was uh, hoping they're like changing their business to be innovative. Like I was interviewing Spot.ca, which I found very interesting. They're like, I consider them as more IT company. Yeah. So I was looking for more like IT company who's dealing with the food, like changing the most most traditional business innovatingly mm. and then mikey messaged me one of my friends messaged me was like hey check this company and then which was a favor and i was like yeah dinnerware cool cool like i know nothing about the cooking but um cool like and then more and more i know it's it's a less about that i mean of course i'm a visual person so i love like um home decor like you know interior design all this stuff so product i'm interested in but how they are doing the business was really, really interesting. Like, only come, like, I was like, dinnerware, only come. In my head, I was like, it's not going to work. But somehow it's working. Like, and they're utilizing the social channel this way. They're uh, 100% work from home. They don't have, like, actually office. Um, so all these, like, things, like, very innovative. I wasn't even sure it's working. Like, it, like all the stuff there, like happening there, is actually like working, or like they're just like bluffing you. Um, so you're drawn, you're yeah. drawn to this kind of new paradigm new of paradigm, yeah, of working, yeah. And here you are. And I, I love it. I love like working at the field. Like, uh, still, I, I feel like I'm junior mm. more than ever. Which is you're a learning great again. Feeling, which is a great feeling. Um, I mentioned that like I love young creatives. But like the re- another reason I love is they're always about newness. Like when I was a hotel, I hate TikToks um, because like I'm, I can't really feel it. Mm. I ha- I hate myself that hating TikTok because like 
I try to love it because as one like, because I love the new stuff. Um, but I hate it. But like, why I'm hating? Like, why? Why? Is, why of my what make me stop loving it? Um, only way you can experience it, you, you have to do it. Mm. So, uh, like at the Fable, we're still not doing great with the TikTok. But like, if you're like when people saying like, let's try TikTok and it's TikTok strategies all this stuff, I'm at the Fable. Like, I'm willing to learn all this stuff. It's so new to me. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what what is the what does the good feeling feel like inside for you when you're like, oh yeah, this this is gonna work? How does uh, it feel in your body? Uh, first of all, I love to and make stuff that's changing people's thought process. So like watching this video or like watching these like images, if they change the perception or like if they change their mind, that is a good feeling. And then first of all, it has to do on me. So like I love to make the campaign or like the, the asset or um, my goal, like end goal, like without the favor or not. Um, it's making almost like a documentary or like making some kind of asset that changing people's mind. So after you're watching this, um, you're like, oh yeah, I never thought about that way. Mm. It's not provo- mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be provocative. It doesn't have to be aggressive, but like certain things that like I never thought about that way. Yeah. And in your mind, you know, what is that, what is that thing that can change someone's mind or shift their perception? There's, when they're looking at something, there's many, many ways. Like one of the, it's simple as that. Like I made a we had a one project uh, working with this sommelier when we were launching the wine glasses, and this guy like uh, when I'm picturing the sommelier, I was like, oh my god, so elegant and fancy. Like it's like I don't like I'm drinking like cheapest wine and I'm fine with it. So <laughs> in my head, I was like, oh my god, this guy's like so fa- fancy. But he was more like DJ. He was like. Um, he loves the music. He what he said was like, it doesn't have to be expensive. So it's a, it's a sur- what's surrounding by you. Like who do you drink with, and then what is like is it night or daytime or like is it uh, with a serious talk or like is it like a friends and family like um, just like laughing and joyful. Um, it depends. Doesn't have to be expensive wine. Doesn't mm-hmm. have to be fancy wine. Like what's right for the uh, what's right for the moment is the best wine. Oh, like I those, love that. What's right of, for the moment. Yeah, there's those kind of like, it's a simple thing. Like, it's, it's not difficult to say, but like, after I heard from his mouth, I was like, oh my God, like, yeah, I didn't think that way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I love that so much. I feel yeah. like I'm going to keep that with me. What's right yeah. for the moment is, is right for. Yeah. It doesn't matter yeah. the quality. Oh, yeah. that's so great. And then stuff like a Nike. Like, Nike does really well, like, changing. It's not really selling their, I mean, end of the day, it's selling their shoes. But, like, they keep, like, trying to, like, change people's mindset, like Patagonia, Nike, like, all these, like, brand who's, like, have a purpose. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they have a purpose and they have a very strong copywriting team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love, I love reading the Nike copy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I always think it's just, it makes me feel like I can do anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a simple, like, it's a simple word. And then, like, it makes you think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of thinking, um, I'm just wondering when you think of Korea, do you miss it? I do miss every time. I do miss every time. I mean, all my friends and family still there. So actually, I'm going there next week. 
Okay. What I do you want to, what's the first thing you want to do uh, other than family? Yeah. Seeing the family, what, what's the thing that you want to do first? I'm going there with my daughter first time. Oh, wow. I mean, okay. She, she, she was born in there, but like, yeah. uh, now she speaks and I understand what's going on. So going there, I wanted to go where I used to go for dates with my wife, with my daughter. So like, I'm going to bring her to Gyeongbokgung, which is the, the old palace. Um, the, the, what is it called? Like, not a temple, old palace yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. Um, want to go there. Um, I think I went there when I was in Seoul. Yeah. It's like really, really big. It's in the middle of a, the city. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it has yeah. all these different rooms yeah. and buildings. Yeah. It's really yeah. cool and gardens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to explain. I mean, she will never understand what I'm saying, but like, I uh, want to tell her like whole story about like, I love history. So like, I uh, want to tell her about like everything happened there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Tell me about how you met your wife. I know it was a really kind of interesting meet cute. Yeah, again, it's like another up and down. <laughs> but like <laughs> when I when I um, work at the Hosher, like um, my my brother was a student, and then um, he I don't know why he took this class, like art class, just to get a like you know grade. He's asking me like, "Can you help my like homework, like the assignment?" And I was like, "Okay, I'll help you out." I don't know. I can say this one legally, like, <laughs> but like, well, I helped him little bit, little bit, and then he got a good grade. So, and he was like, "Thank you so much. I'm going to invite you to this um this party, and then I'm going to introduce this girl as a as a like you know favor." Um, I was like, "Cool, okay, I'm going to go to party." And then I went to the, this barbecue party, and then met this girl. Like my brother told me, and I was like, "Oh my god, I fell in love!" Like in the first place. Somehow she fell in love to me at the moment too. So we both got fell in love. Um, and then we started to dating. And then we realized that like she has to go back to Korea in three months. So I was like, okay. Um, I mean, we are young. So we're going to figure out. Um, I went back to Korea to meet her. And then we, it becomes like, again, Han. Like the, the, the sadness becomes more love each other like because we are sad each other we, we love more each other uh, we are like care each other more and from there long distance for five years so we can we could only meet two weeks a year and it was like every year was pretty much same like when the spring comes she get a little bit like lonely and like she got a little bit sad she wants to break up and I was like, I'm so sad. Like we got broke up, like drinking, not having a good time. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to Korea and then like convince her again. Every year I'm doing that for five years. <laughs> and then I was like, we're, we're not, it's not going anywhere. So um, one time I just bought the flight next day. Uh, and then I flew next day. I bought a flight and then like flew next day and then I proposed to her. Um, I was like shaking my leg. It wasn't like, I wasn't really... I know every purpose is like meant to be like say yes or like but like this was actually like hardcore like yes or no she could say no because like I just show up like it, it wasn't like I, it wasn't like I'm telling her that I'm gonna be there like this day I would just show up you, it was a surprise it was a surprise and then like purpose and then she's like she said yes uh, luckily and then we got married and then I had to like convince her to like move down here so she moved down here um pretty brave thing because like leave the family and then like living here um then we have then we try to have a baby the another story go to the the daughter's story like we tried to have a baby um we found that she had an endometriosis 
So she's having a hard, we're having a hard time having a baby. Uh, and then we realize she still have a Korean citizenship. So when she goes to Korea and then getting um, IVF, IVF done, um, is two grand. If you're doing it here, it's a 20 grand. So she's like, I'm going to go to Korea and then um, get an IVF. Like, let's go Korea and then get this medical thing done. Um, she went there first before me. Um, I, I was going to go there months after. And then after a week, she went there. She phoned me that she got pregnant. Wow. And I was like, like, what? It was like <laughs> 2 a.m. I was like, what? <laughs> like, A, how is it possible? Because like, like it's I don't know if sperm can f- be okay being in the like air. Like, <laughs> <laughs> is it like certain pressure is not going to, like, I don't know, like, well, how did, what? <laughs> and then it's like, yeah, it's like, I'm pregnant. She was like crying. And then I was like, happy, like happiest moment. I was like yelling, like 2 a.m. I was like yelling. Like, I was like, yeah, in a, yeah, it was like, I didn't really cry though, but I was like yelling happy. Um, then COVID happened month after. So she couldn't fly back to here because um, she didn't have a Canadian citizenship. Um, so she has to stay there. Also, it's not safe for her to fly. Like, she's pregnant. Um, apparently, you can't fly when you're under three months uh, of the baby, mm. uh, carrying the baby. Um, so she couldn't fly. So we decide to, okay, yeah, you stay there. Let's deliver the baby in Korea. So I actually didn't get to see the big belly. Like, I've never seen my wife's pregnant belly. And I was like, at least I'm going to go there when the baby is coming out. So I booked the flight. Um, she told me she has to do uh, surgery, so like C-suction. So she booked a date. I was like, okay, like I'm going to be there like um, three weeks before because I have to be quarantined. I went there, flew there doing the quarantines and then the day before quarantine ended um my wife is like the baby's coming out like i have to go there like emergency like and then i was like can you wait for one more day <laughs> <laughs> can you please wait for one more day and then i was starting to call like like um the government medical service center like can i get out and then they're like no you can't I'm, we are watching you like even though you are like we're watching you like <sighs> through the apps and then even though you go to the hospital they're not gonna let you in um so i was like and then finally i went to the hot like the baby's born i got the facetime (laughs) i was like i was facing hey baby (laughs) i wasn't even crying or anything i was like because i I didn't have like emotional touch to my daughter at the point because like it's not like i touched the belly or like only thing i saw was like the facetime version of you um so after quarantine done, I ran to the hospital and um, saw the baby, saw my daughter through the through the glasses. Um, I couldn't hold it at the time um, through the glasses, and I didn't really feel anything to be honest. To be honest, like I know, like a lot of parents are gonna say, like you're gonna cry, like you're gonna like you're like it's the best thing ever. I was like, I was like, yeah, babies came out, it's cute, and then mm. I wasn't really. And then they let me hold it. That moment, I couldn't forget. I I hold, held it, and then I was like, "This is weird. This is like this. I made a human. Like mm. the, the best thing ever. Like now I get it." Um, yeah, and that's the whole story. Again, a lot of up and down. <laughs> wow, what a story! Yeah, and now and now she's your life. <laughs> she's my the biggest inspiration right now. She wants to be 
she this morning she was like, I'm a bee and this is my honey. And then I was like looking at the honey, which was definitely not honey. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a rocks. And then um that is the biggest inspiration because like what I'm dealing with my life is very structured thing. So it's my job is like if these creative ideas um how how to execute it like work back schedule and then like is this creative idea is going to make money or not like very structured thinking way so i sometimes i feel like i'm losing the freedom of like you know do whatever i want to think about it like it's like imagination part like like a kiddish think about it like calling rocks as a honey I was like, and then I have to ima- imagine that part, that that gap. I have to fill it in. It's the best meditation ever. Mm. It's a, I know a lot of creative people need to have a creative outlet. That is my biggest creative outlet that, oh my God, like I have to see things in her eye and then with, through her eye, rock is the honey. And then she's the bee. And I opened it, she called me like fat bee. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> she called you a fat bee. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that that metaphor, that like visualization, that imagination, it actually makes me really happy. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Yeah, I mean, that's the beauty about children, right? Yeah, like yeah. everything is possible. Everything's possible. It's like all different things in their eye. Um, yeah, and the biggest inspiration for me. Hmm. Yeah, of course it's gonna help me selling more dinnerware or <laughs> making better campaign or anything. It doesn't really help me at work, but but it makes your life more joyful, doesn't it? Joyful for sure. Yeah, more beautiful. Life is like you see things more beautifully, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Um, we were talking about the prevalence of Korean culture. Yeah. And I'd love to explore that because you were telling me, because I was saying, what is it about Korean culture that everyone in the world is seemingly obsessed with it? Um, and you were telling me that Korea doesn't have any natural source resources. It's just people. And then also that the government really supports arts and film in a way that many other countries don't. Um, so yeah, I'd love to dive into this topic because I think it's so interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, if you look at the map, you get shocked how tiny Korea is. It's actually, I think it's t- smaller than BC. No way. Yeah, I think it's huh. smaller than BC. It's a tiny country. Half of the country, I mean, okay, and then divide into half. <laughs> 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 and then another half is like a mountains. And then, like, we, there's no oils, there's no, like, so there's not much, like, natural resources. Um, it's almost like an island, um, so it's a peninsula, so, like, you can have a lot of the fishes, but other than that, there's not much natural resources. So, like, they've been, historically, they've been investing a lot of to people. But even people, like, compared to, like, the neighborhood of China, there's way less people live there. So, feel like a, this is my, it's not, a, I don't know it's a fact, but like in my opinion, definitely invest a lot of like intelligence. Mm. Um, because, because like they don't have a lot of people in there. And I think it's the nine, late 1990. I mean, peop, whenever people ask me for K, why K-culture, K-pop, K-drama movies popular right now, 
And I was like, for you, it seems like it's happened right now, but it's, it's actually start with late 90s um, and with the politics. So one of the president at back then um, actually opened up and announced that like we're gonna invest two things, culture and IT software. Um, a, we don't have natural resources, and then B, like um, the culture is the the biggest power. And he said um, he's gonna support like the government's gonna support the culture as much as possible, but they're not gonna touch. Which means like all the movie director can get a funding, but there's no one say like you can't make this movie, you can't make this movie. They have a freedom to make any type of the movie, so they have a full freedom. And he opened up the, he was like more open up the country. So like before this present, um, actually like I remember when I was like middle school, um, Japanese music was bandit, uh, uh, gangster hip hop was bandit. So a lot of like culture got bandit. Um, it was very conservative. And then uh, late nineties, it was starting to open everything. So actually like now I remember, we get heavily influenced by Japan. Because all of a sudden, all this Japanese culture came down, and then like back then, like it was like Japan was the coolest of the like fashion, coolest of the um, the music, like mo even the music and uh, the drama and movie, like they're like so cool, um, so heavily influenced. But we have a freedom to do what, like they have a freedom to do, uh, express like whatever they wanted to do. There was one reason. Second reason is the, uh, uh, of course, like money everything related to the business everything related to the money it's a tiny country so they can't survive that by themselves they have to e export but selling music inside of the just korea not gonna make them grow that much because there's not many people there compared to like like china can survive by themselves china can be like own island and they can survive by themselves without exporting and importing mm -hmm. korea can't so they have to export this music. So they've been trying hard, early 2000, they've been trying to hard to sell their culture to Southeast Asia or in Japan, and very successfully. So it actually cake culture start from there, I would say. And they couldn't go North America. They tried so hard, like a couple of times they failed. Um, the, I can call the, the girl group's name, like Wonder Girls or something from JYP, completely failed. They, they, literally went there trying to figure out the industry, no idea of the industry. Um, then all of a sudden it was like BTS, super popular like around the world. I was like, whoa, how that happened? Like, because I heard BTS from 10 years ago. Mm. It wasn't that big. They, like, they're like, uh, they're, that, they're not that big. Like they're like always been there. Um, all of a sudden it was like everyone knows in North America. I was like, how that happened? It's a YouTube. So um, ever since YouTube becomes a thing, and then, and then I told you, like, Korea's, like, early days, like, they wanted to invest in IT. So they have a better understanding of this IT industry. Right, and how, how distribution will how work. How do you utilize it? Mm. They're pretty fast on it. Like, um, they adopt that thing pretty fast. And then VTS actually grew up with the YouTube, I would say. Their fan base, based on the YouTube, is humongous. And then they're actually making tons of content. Lots um, of different content, and yeah. that's that's definitely something that I've noticed about um, the the way that the marketing strategies work yeah. for um, these groups yeah. is yeah, so many verticals, yeah. and then each 
member also has their own yeah. vertical and their own series. It's yeah. it's incredible. It's a huge ecosystem. Yeah. So it's it's a business. Mm. They have, they have no mm-hmm. enough people in Korea to like survive them themselves. So they have to e- export it, and then YouTube becomes a thing. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. I remember. So I have liked K-pop for a really long time, and this was by way of a really old when I was in high school. My best friend was Korean, Helen Yang. And uh, she introduced me to a boy band from Korea called Jinushan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a long time ago. Long time ago. Long time ago. They're actually like... Are they still around? No. Yeah, yeah. They are, you know, the YG company. Yeah, oh, who's yes. like a Blackpink. Yeah. So YG... Are they part of that? Part of YG, YG now? is the guy who, uh, named Yang hyun is the owner. Like, he used to be a singer as well. And he was the most popular singer back then, like, with the uh, that group. He started the company and then the... First one, like he started a company, entertainment company, and then the first one he brought failed. Second one was a Jinushan. Um, yes, yeah. And then they were pretty successful. So they're still at the YG company, mm. but they're high up there. Like they're almost like right. Yeah, because they're probably the yeah. past their yeah. their prime. Yeah. But I do remember uh, when I there's one song that I really like. I still like it, and I'll still play it every now and then. It's called Gasoline. Yeah, gasoline. Yeah, yeah, but then they had they had a rapper on there, but not a yeah. Korean rapper. Yeah. Um, and Perry. I I thought Perry. that was, what's that? Perry. His name is Perry. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 And I just remember thinking even back then, oh, like this is this is kind of a cross culture moment. Yeah. So Korean back then, like hip hop got introduced, and everyone wanted to get influenced by U.S. like American culture. So whoever who lived in the U.S. Um, like born and whether born and raised or like who can speak in English, like so they bring a lot of people from LA, and then Jinushan was one of them. They used to live there. Oh, okay. Yeah. and then that the other guy named Dio Hyundo, uh, Hyundo Lee. He's also like the producer. Like he's like a Kanye West in Korea. <laughs> he's a <laughs> he's a producer. Like he was living in the LA after his prime time, and then like um, collecting all these people. So. He found Jinushan and then passed to YG, I think. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I could be wrong. But yeah. like, they have a connection there. Yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, do you feel, I know that you were saying that expressing emotions was not something that your family did growing up. Um, you know, and your dad wanted you to be strong. You didn't want to show any weakness. Um, how do you feel, do you feel that you're better at expressing your emotions more freely now? Yes. So... Um, I still have a habit that, like, when there's a problem, I don't want to talk to my wife. I don't want to talk to my mom. I'm just, like, handling by myself. I still have the bad habit. Um, I wouldn't say bad, but, like, I try not to hold it too much. But, I mean, I grew up with it, so it's very hard to change, but trying, yeah, Mm. expressing it. Mm. And you were saying that you used to memorize everything that you were saying when you were presenting, you know, back in yeah, your, yeah. your art school days. When you look back at how far you've come, the life you've built, the friendships you've built, career that you have now, how do you feel? So I realized, um, I, I kind of said it kind of like negatively, like I'm faking myself. Um, but that's the only way I could do to not be an idiot. Um <laughs> 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 uh, then after like a lot of things happened in my life, like father passed away, like, you know, like, you know, trying to change my career to like, you know, working at the warehouse, like, and came back to the school. Still like a lot of things happening in my life, even though I came back to, to school with, with the like a lot of 
computer and all that stuff. I didn't have a time. One day I didn't have a time to prepare the presentation properly, so I didn't really practice or any, anything. And then I just um, presented, just saying like like probably like extremely wrong grammar, uh, weird pronunciation. People probably like half of people didn't understand what I'm saying, but it felt great. Like it felt like I'm like the real me, like. I'm expressing the emotions, not like a robot. Um, it was a, pre <laughs> I think it was, if I remember correctly, it was a presenting Vancouver Zoo. And then at the time, Vancouver Zoo was really struggling. So I was like rebranding Vancouver Zoo was my project. And then I was like, passionately, like this zoo sucks. It need to get changed. I was like <laughs> so passionate to speak about it. And then everyone seems liked it. So, and then I feel great. Then I realized that like, I don't have to, really fake myself like if i'm not lovable person like people not gonna love me and then i don't have to feel insecure about it and then people will love me will really love me but if i keep faking myself i wouldn't know they love me or like hate like don't like me so hmm. being imperfect actually needed in my life like and then be more me like don't have to hide it like i don't have to like a, I like, I, sometimes I have a, like obligation to, I'm a presentation, like a representation of the Korea. I was like, I'm not. <laughs> if I'm being idiots, it's me. It's not my country or like, mm. <laughs> and then I can be idiots. Like, you know, like, and some people hate me. That's fine. Like, because that's me. Mm. So ever since that, I didn't prepare any presentation. Sometimes goes wrong. Sometimes <laughs> goes right. I'm still doing it. Like I mentioned, like just, before meeting you today, I have a presentation. I didn't really prepare anything. <laughs> you just went for it. I just yeah. went for it. And yeah, they feel more great. And then that's not just like my work related, also how I treat people. Then I got open up a little bit more. Like, you know, like I was the foundation year having a hard time to making other countries friends or like Canadian friends. Because when, not, not like, we say hi each other. We are like, you know, we we talk to each other. But like, there's not much culture you can share. Like when you go for a drink, it's fine. But when you're talking about like certain TV show, I have no idea what they're talking about. Hmm. Then I was a uh, become silence. So I was uh, having a hard time to like getting even closer. But again, imperfection. Like when they're talking about this TV show, I don't know the TV show. I told them like back then I was like, or sometimes pretending or sometimes like being quiet right now it's like i haven't watched that show <laughs> i just like say <laughs> loud but trying to be part of the conversation so it's like i'm still interesting what you guys talking about this tv show like tell me more about it but back then i was like not even making the co like comments it was like like just shaking my head like mm. knocking my head I was like, yeah 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 now you can just be you and you can be human and that yeah. feels good yeah mm. like it's I was sometimes making jokes with the Mikey. I was like, I have no, like, he's like, I'm not even what you're talking about. I was like, yeah, I will write the letter for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love yeah. Mikey. Yeah. Um, well, I know your dad is no longer here anymore, but if he was sitting in front of you um, right now instead of me, what would you tell him? Oh my God. Are you trying to make me cry? Um, I got this. That's mm. the one thing I wanted to say. Like, um, actually went to a couple of months ago, like went to my dad's, um, cemetery with my daughter. And then I was like, 
yeah this like it's passed and then i got over it but one thing i still super wish it could happen was like my dad didn't see my daughter is in this thing and then second thing is like not getting shit faced my dad mm-hmm. because like he was a heavy drinker and i'm heavy like i love drinking with the friends and we never had a moment that we drink uh to talk about like being on like honestly talking about like stuff yeah mm. yeah so wish those two things could happen but mainly i want to talk to him like i got this like yeah don't worry about it mm. yeah you got this i got you this. sure do yeah. yeah what kind of um you know you were talking about your daughter and you've mentioned her several times um you know what kind of what kind of life and environment at at home do you want her to have or are you creating for her that is a big question like that actually wrecks me every night um still my wife and i still trying to figure like everyone's like first time we parents so like we don't know what we are doing sometimes but i want her to have a freedom that's the like i mean i'm going to be act like asian parents that's in my blood <laughs> <laughs> but but i learned a lot from like this like up and down up and down in my um my life when i was happy the happiest moment i had was when i had a freedom to express so i hope she found the whether she speak to me or whether she paints whether she dance or whether she i don't know what the method is like everyone has a different method to be expressing themselves i don't want her to hold things inside that doesn't mean like you have to scream that doesn't mean you have to write weird your emotion up in facebook it could be just you're writing your diary but express it let it out have a freedom mm. if you really want to do something do it people who love you will support you not just me and i feel like it's so beautiful and i feel that you know so many of us always sort of yearn for this this freedom yeah. yet i feel like read it, free this freedom is is our birthright and we just sort of lose it yeah. along the way yeah. and so yeah whenever i hear people making space for others to be free i just yeah. i really think that that person is a stand up human yeah of course like <laughs> life you're going to get handcuffed for a lot of things like i get handcuffed like i have to make like x amount of money per month like i have to work 9 to 5 like there's like handcuffs around by you but at least one thing you have to find the freedom in my in my opinion that mm. you can let it out mm. hear that everyone find your one path yeah. of freedom yeah for me like you know once a month i can go drink with my friends <laughs> <laughs> i have two more questions yeah. um, one that i i actually meant to to ask earlier but maybe is somewhat of a nice note to to end on um in some weirdly strange beautiful way um you told me that Koreans love sadness and there's a word for it it's called han, han. yeah yeah um so after we chatted like mm-hmm. i did a bit of a research because actually <laughs> i was like it's just me couldn't figure out uh but a lot of people saying like this is like very hard to translate the closest one is a sorrow mm like sor- sorrow is the closest um translation but it's mix up the anger and sadness deep sadness like that you can't forget in your life and then often time people refer to um 
when Korea lost their country um, by by Japan, like um, that word Han get used the most. Yeah. And do you feel like Han is a way of also um, one can feel Han, but that Han does lead to resilience. Resilience. Mm-hmm. Like mm, being a survivor. Like oh, oh. yeah. I, I, funny thing is like I actually don't know. Like I'm not professional analyst of this thing, but like um, I think Korean actually enjoying being sad. Like they. They have a culture that enjoying watching sad movie like all the Korean dramas are like drama super dramatic like um, I've, I've seen this like joke in the TikTok that like when the the other country when they get shot by gun it was like boom and then die and then Korean is like boom and then like dramatic music behind and everything slow mo and then like looking at the, like the past <laughs> right so they do enjoying this sadness and that, that becomes a culture mm. i don't know if this is a correct question no no yeah no yeah. it's just something that i wanted to explore and yeah. i feel that um there's kind of a beauty in being able to sit in yeah. sorrow and sadness because that is such a part of life and yeah. you're talking about the dramatic music and yeah. the past starts to flash behind yeah. you know the character's eyes or whatever yeah, in these yeah. dramas but that's that's part of being human. That's part of being human, and then there's a, like emotion expressed. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think there's another way of like expressing the emotions. Mm. Yeah. A little bit of Han is is good, I think. I think I think everybody has one. Mm-hmm. I think everybody has one. Mm. Yeah. My last question that I ask everyone: With what you do, what is it that you want to leave behind in the world? Um, just the uh, same thing with my daughter. I mean, I think I already speak for it. Just um, express yourself, whatever the medium is. Mm. Yeah. That I'm gonna like, technically I moved to like the Fable um, for new things like all the stuff and I'm like challenging myself, like learning a lot. Um, after I realized, af- after I get like used to it, being in the Fable and then like having a good rhythm, companies grow, I'm gonna start like focusing on express myself again. Like, of course, like my daughter has to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> then I can have a lot of free time. Um, but expressing yourself again, that doesn't mean it has to be like writing or painting or anything. It could be just like going for soccer, like or like walking around in the city, like mm-hmm. whatever that is. Like, I. I actually listened like the Liana, like we used to, we used to work together at the Hoshel, um short period of time, but we talked a lot. Like when she, I was working with her, like we talked a lot, a lot about like burnt burnt out moments, um, because at that time I actually like, slowly burning out, and then I was asking her like, what is what is like, am I actually getting burnt out, or or it's just like temporary thing? And and we chat a lot about like how to solving this problem and yeah i think she said a little bit um similar thing um take your time pause a little bit and um express Mm. i think yeah well thank you thank you for sharing your thoughts and your story 
it's been so nice to meet you yeah. and to learn more about you since I've heard your name so much. Thank you. If people want to get in touch with you because they feel, you know, something in your story that makes them want to connect with you, where can they find you? Um, I have a website called apartment108.com. Um, yeah, so there's a, like contact information there. I mean, bit of a portfolio there. Yeah, I haven't updated so long. But that's the place yeah. <laughs> to reach you. Yeah. Also, my friends found a bunch of like spelling mistakes in the. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Got to work on that one too. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm a little bit hesitating saying. Uh, should I <laughs> say Facebook? <laughs> oh well, thank you for your time, thank and you. I look look forward to more conversations with you. Oh, look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you so much. As always, thank you for being here and for listening. To learn more about today's guest, visit the episode page for show notes and links on wearethecraft.com. You can find the entire podcast archive here or explore more conversations with past guests on Spotify and Apple. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on these platforms, including YouTube, to get notified when new episodes drop. Any likes and shares on social media are deeply appreciated too. Sound and audio engineering for the show are by Andrew and Jay Bagaspis. All guest portraits and images are by Juno Kim. Appreciate you all and see you again soon.